Hey guys, I'm Young, a full-time dad and a full-time professional with the goal to become the best parent possible. The Girl Dad Show is my journey interviewing fellow working parents aspiring to be both good at work and parenting. I'm going to do this by gathering and sharing unfiltered perspectives from my guests. So join me as I research parenthood one interview at a time. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me on my show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Totally. Very excited to be here today. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it. I would love for you to share with the listeners what you do for a living. I'm one of the co-founders and co-CEOs at Revivin. And at Revivin, our mission is make hardware lifecycle management easier for enterprises. Awesome. And what are some of the big projects that you're working on right now? Right now, some of the big things that I, I have, at least underneath my responsibilities, is our new SaaS platform, which is in its nascent phase, which is being launched right now, which is pretty exciting. I head up all of our re-commerce and repurposing at Revivin, and also, as always, always uh, recruiting and looking for uh, great new talent to help us achieve, you know, achieve our goals. You guys are going really fast. I feel like every time I look at LinkedIn, you guys have a, a new hire that you're welcoming to the team. It's a very, very exciting time for you, right? You know, it's interesting because when you look at a lot of companies in terms of how COVID-19, you know, affected, affected them, when you look at Reviving, we were adversely affected by it in the, in the beginning. It was, it, was, it was a difficult time at Reviving. However, a year from that period, it has been our fastest growing time period in the company history. So I know you saw, you know, saw a lot of tech companies that had this like exponential growth during COVID. For a bunch of different reasons, we, we're experiencing that right now, a year afterwards. Oh, that is really interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons and theses you have for that as well. You know, one of the biggest things for us is when offices shut down, there was no more supply of hardware, right? So as, in terms of managing hardware lifecycle management, you know, our bread and butter is end of life. And so, you know, all products that companies were no longer using, if it was broken, if it got refreshed, was being sent back to their offices, but no one was actually in the offices. And so over, after really, you know, the summer of last year, you started to see some things show a little bit more life and just gradually picked up again. And now what we're seeing now across the industry is all companies are now rebuilding their offices for hybrid environments. And then they're also closing down their secondary and tertiary offices. And so it kind of all happened at once. It was like as quickly as the offices closed down, it, it seems to be as, as quickly as, you know, they're reopening in, in limited capacity, I would say. And all the stuff over the past year has just been being sent to the offices, but no one was opening up those boxes. So it was just like tons of stuff all over the place. And, and we're just really busy right now. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that things are coming around at the latter part of it. And that's really exciting to hear about that. I also know that you have some exciting things that have also happened in addition to your business during COVID. Sure. Right? You also had, yeah, when, I'd love to talk to girls. you about like your kids because that's right. So do you mind telling us about your kids? Like what kind of, like, you know, how many do you have? How old are they? What are their names? Totally. I'm, I am a girl dad all the way through. So I have my oldest daughter, Penny, she's a little over two. She's going to be, you know, almost two and a half. And then I have twin girls that were born in December. So they're, you know, roughly, you know, six, six months or so. So yeah, three girls, 21 months apart. 
And yeah, they're doing good. Twins are finally like sleeping through the night, which has been amazing. So that's been going on for the past several weeks. Yeah, but it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride, as I'm sure we all, as as, as with you too, right? During COVID and kids and whether you have schools or, or childcare, you know, everything's been flipped upside down. It really has been. And I know we talked briefly about it here and there, but I, I, I'd love to like unpack that a little more with you today because I don't feel like we ever spend enough time talking about the kids and, and the similarities we have because we have, we were both girl dads, like you mentioned, and we both have kids that are, you know, in their early single digit age, you know? And so there's a lot of like uh, commonality that I don't think we ever really share about. <laughs> so it'd be really great to know. I agree. Yeah. Do twins run in the family? On my wife's side, they do. And, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, yeah, I mean, we, we actually, so this is funny. So when we were going through all the initial like doctor visits and everything like that, they usually catch twins relatively early on in the process. You know, when they do the first, I don't even know what it's called. It's embarrassing. When they, you know, when you see that, <laughs> sonograms, that they, you know. When, when, yeah, um, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, so we actually found out about the twins much later on, after actually the first trimester. So we, we, we were caught really off guard that we were having twins because we also got told later on later on in the pregnancy so so it was a pretty wild thing but yeah i mean they came out they're identical they look identical it's not easy to tell them apart i mean we we can tell now during depending on how they're sitting and their positioning and things like that but the easiest way to tell them apart is actually yeah, their ears are pierced. Does just have two different types of earrings in? Oh, are you serious? You pierced their ears? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the, all the girls have their ears pierced. Wait, is that was that? Oh, all, all of them. Do. I was yeah, going to yeah. say, did you do that for no. the twins to be able to yeah, tell them no, apart? No. <laughs> <laughs> it does help. That'd though. be amazing. Like, it does help. I bet. Yeah, yeah, if I had twins, I would be like, oh, how do I tell these kids apart? Yeah, totally. What's it like having twins? Because I've always wanted twins. I, I always told my wife, I'm like, gosh, I wish I could get a two for one deal on these kids, you know, so we can just bang them out so much faster, right? So twins was like a lot in the beginning, but like everything as a parent, you really get used to it. And I think, I think one of the biggest challenges that we had was just simply, you know, you know, you don't want to wake up a crying baby. Well, when there's two of them, if one of them cries, they usually wake up the other one. And so that was just like settling them. So it took a lot of, it just took a lot of patience, but also just took a lot of time to recognize that. You kind of have to make a lot of decisions, which is around sometimes you have to like let, you know, if you want to, if they're both crying and you want to settle one, it's really, really hard as a parent to do this, especially with three kids. And, you know, it's my wife and I, so there's like two people. But yeah, if you want to settle both of them and they're both crying, sometimes you just have to like leave the room that they're both in, pick up one, settle one, put them in a room and then go back, settle the other one. And so you have to sometimes leave a baby crying in the beginning. And that was really, really tough for us. Also, the twins were preemies, so they actually, we didn't, <laughs> this is crazy. So this is in, this is like, you know, again, COVID wave two again in New York City. You know, I live in Brooklyn. And when the twins came home, they were preemies. They were born at 33, 33 and a half weeks, but they were, they were fine. They were, they were, you know, over four pounds. It wasn't that scary. They were in the NICU for about a week. They didn't need any assistance or anything like that. So when we brought them home, they just cried a lot. And we're like, "Eh, has it just been a while? 
You know what I mean? Said, you know, our oldest mm-hmm. daughter has been a baby. And we really think much of it. But then after like a couple of weeks, we're like, this is like abnormal. Kind of long story short, they ended up, what ended up happening is because they were premature, their stomachs weren't fully developed. And their stomachs were still developing after they were, after they were born. And as a result of that, they, they couldn't, you know, easily go to the bathroom. And mm. they got diagnosed as colicked. So we had two, you know, colicky babies for 90, it was, it was a 90 day period, basically from, from, from after they were born. Yeah, it was, it was like pretty wild, but yeah, it was like, we were like, oh, you know, I think everything's fine. We're like, this isn't like, this isn't how it was with Penny. And, and we, and we were right, but, but they're fine. They're healthy. You know, we're really lucky. I mean, it was, it was never a scare. It was just more from like a parenting perspective of just having the twins, you know, constantly be crying basically. And being on kind of like lockdown, you know? Yeah. And it's also double the trouble, like you said, right? So it's not like it's just one kid crying. It's like two kids always crying together. Yeah. And then if they're both having the same issues, it's like everything's double. But I'm also hoping that the joy is also double too. Oh, totally. And a hundred percent. It's like amazing. And there's like so many cool things that they do. It's so like when you put them on the mat, they always lock arms. So I, I like, like, yeah. So like when they're playing you know, when they're on their backs, you know, playing with the, you know, you know, playing with toys or whatever, they like lock arms. It's like a small thing, but it's really, really cool. So they'll have their arms locked. That's wild. Yeah, it's to- it's really cool. And then, and then also they're like beacons to each other. So like they can make each other laugh and stuff. So if one's laughing, the way they're positioned, they can make the you know the other you know Gem and Rosie. I don't actually think do we say their names the twins. They always get called the twins. It's so funny, you know. Yeah. But it's Gem yeah. and Rosie. Gem is the middle child. Rosie's. The youngest. And yeah, they're like, obviously they're like best of friends, but like that's just starting to happen right now. So it's it's been pretty cool, especially the past, like the past month or two months has been really cool because they're starting to sleep a lot more. They're, they're like hanging out, you know what I mean? And yeah. A little more aware. A little bit more aware. And also my oldest daughter now goes like on the ride board on the stroller. So I could like take one stroller and take three kids out. So that's like a. That's been pretty cool too. That's awesome. So you do do that even in New York, huh? Uh, you you still just venture out into the streets and and take them out. We're pretty much always in Prospect Park, Botanical Brooklyn Botanical Gardens is right by us. So yeah, we're, we're always in all those places. Yeah, it's like always like that's another thing that I'd always I've always been curious about. Like you know, people that want to raise their kids in a city environment, right? Like I just like uh, never like fathomed it, you know, because I feel like there's so much happening. But there are so many parents in these cities like raising their kids, you know, and. It kind of, kind of kind of goes to my next question is like, did you grow up in a city? Like, what was your childhood like? How did you grow up? I was, I was actually born in Manhattan, but I spent, I, I identify as growing up in the suburbs. So I grew up in lower Westchester County in between uh, Yonkers and New Rochelle in a small town called Eastchester. So it's right outside, right north of the Bronx, right outside of the city. And we ended up there because my mom is originally from the Bronx and my father was from Manhattan and my grandparents had purchased a house in the same town that I ended up growing up in East Chester. So it's kind of like the whole family kind of getting out of the city. And kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, so, so I grew up there. It was awesome. It was great. It, you know, we're, one of the things that like we love about Brooklyn is my wife and I lived in Manhattan for 10 years and really Brooklyn's in between kind of where I grew up and Manhattan. So where I grew up was like very condensed suburbs, still apartment buildings and stuff like that. 
but it's the suburbs for sure. What was your childhood like? So you did you have a like a tight knit family? And like it sounds like you had a lot of extended family that was near near you guys all in Eastchester. I believe I have over seventy five blood relatives in the in the new in the New York City area. I'm from a big family too, so I totally get it. I have a pretty massive. Are they all predominantly in the Bay Area? Yeah. So uh, my my mom's side is predominantly in the Bay Area. Actually, the whole yeah the whole of my mom's side is all in the Bay Area, and my dad's side mostly in Korea, but. Yeah, both sides were pretty big. And so like I always kind of grew up in a big family and I've always in, envisioned and imagined having a big family myself because that's just how I was brought up. Sure. You know, I just wanted like an assembly line to get food and like, you know, just like have a full, you know, farm table where everyone has to like crowd in <laughs> to eat or you have to eat in shifts, you know, like I don't know if you have any, have any of those memories. There'd be like the fold out tables, like attached to the dining room table that would like make a tea. That's right. And then some people would be like eating That's in the right. kitchen. If we, and the, yeah, right. it, was, it was hysterical. Yeah, it was always like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There'd be like Christmases where we'd bite the whole extended family and you'd like, you would even know like 10 of the people there. You're like, how are you? Yeah. You're like, you're the cousin of somebody. You're like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I totally grew up like that as well, too. And it was uh, really fun. And I've always just envisioned having a big family myself, which is why I always wanted four kids and why I wanted twins so bad. So I was like so jealous when I heard you're having twins because I'm like, dang, if that could like really like get the bang for the buck, right? Short amount of time, get double the output. But I think we're going to stick with our two. And unfortunately, we're going to have to have to shelve the four kid, <laughs> four kid uh, plan. Yeah, because uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. People, people. One one person gave me uh, some advice, which I thought was interesting, and I basically was like, you know, it's it's going to be really hard or, or physically tiring in the beginning for you, but as your kids, you know, uh, leave the toddler age, it was going to be pretty magical because the the twins are actually only one grade apart in school from Penny, so basically they're only going to be one grade apart. And that's right. The guy was was telling me he was giving me advice. He's like, he's like, they're always going to want to do the same things because they're going to be maturing at roughly the the same space. So he's like, mm -hmm. it's going to be really cool watching him grow up. Because my buddy was like, I have an eight year old and a three year old, and he's like, the three year old and the eight year old don't really have too much going on. And he's like, you know, your your children mm -hmm. are going to be coming of age all around the same time. And I thought that was interesting because I never really thought about that. Well, I think in a big family, like you can always latch onto a cousin or a right. sibling that was your age. It was very easy to find someone that was at your interest or developmental cycle. Totally. And you just like locked into that family member because there's like someone, to there's always someone to choose from. But my wife came from a small family as well, too. And I mean, I think she might think it's big until she met my family. And <laughs> she's like, oh, this is a really big family. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, so it's kind of an interesting parallel there. Are you, does that impact how you want to, have a family or are you going to stop at three or what are your plans i don't know i mean we always wanted to have like a baby you know and like our we always were going to have three kids but our goal was to have like two kids as quickly as we could you know in terms of being separated from uh, how far apart they were and we did that you know because uh, <laughs> you know they're they're only 21 months apart and then our, our goal was always to like when we're a little bit further on our careers, you know, when both kids are, you know, out of diapers and kind of in school in some way, then have a third kid, right? And that was always mm. that was always the plan. So the plan was always to have three, and then we got the twins, and so which is awesome. But I don't, you know, I don't know if in a year or two from now, or probably really realistically in like two or three years from now, if we're gonna still have that feeling about wanting to have like a baby around, and so. The fourth to us is, yeah. is 
it's like an unknown. But I will tell you, you know, right now it, it's kind of even hard to think about that. So when it's so physically demanding, yeah. it's so hard to think yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that stage. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah. You're just so exhausted and hungry and just like tired and stressed out. Yeah. We just started to get a babysitter again, you know, with the COVID and everything, because now everyone's like vaccinated. Not everyone, but there's a lot of people that are vaccinated and so forth. So last last Friday was our first night since the twins were born that we had a babysitter come and Angela and I went out to dinner. And it was like really, really nice, you know, and we're doing it again this Friday. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't like to think right now about number four, if we're going to do it or if we're not. But as you know, like, as the kids get older and you get a little bit more time back, yeah. you know, then I'll probably have that headspace where we can think a little bit more about it. So you said something very interesting, which kind of goes into like the stuff that I'm trying to wrestle with and figure out during this podcast is how, how other people are balancing work with parenting. Dude. You know, and like, what does that look like? I, you right? tell, because you tell dude, me. you're running, you're running a fast growing. <laughs> you tell me, I, I don't, I am still, I, Angela and I go through so many changes to our schedule we're trying to find our rhythm we've had yeah. some success we've had other like you know yeah other challenges and we're still reshaping it and we're still trying to figure it out and we we started this new routine which has been really really awesome lately and it's mm -hmm. that on earlier in the afternoon and then on sundays pairing that with where we actually have a babysitter come just for a couple of hours on Sunday. And I work during that time period and it's when Penny's napping. And so babysitter grabs the twins and then Angela has free time to herself as well. When I say free time, you know, the, you know, the deal yeah. It's like planning, free time, maybe a workout, yeah, exactly. free time. So that's been a wrinkle that we've thrown in there that's been really nice. And, you know, look, I mean, our attitude about everything is it's been a really wild, like, you know, year plus now. But, you know, we're really fortunate. We have, like, the ability to kind of situate ourselves and, and figure out what care is kind of best for us and go from there. Yeah, it's a hot topic in my household, yeah. too. I mean, it's the same reason why I even, like, started this podcast. The whole point of the podcast is to be like, yeah. I can't be the only one trying to figure this out. <laughs> There's got to be other people struggling with this, right? Like, how do I how do I be successful at work while I'm still being a successful parent? I don't want to sacrifice either, you know. And that's like it's like a conundrum. And like my first my first instinct was to like interview people. I was like, I'm gonna go ask other people. And then I'm like, I should record these because these could be really interesting. And there you go. That's why the whole podcast started. How do you do like pretty much? I think the big thing, right, is the morning routine and the the night routine, right? And I think. Those are the really hard parts because I'm a really early riser and I have no problem at all waking up at five o'clock, working out and going straight to work and coming home at five. I can do that, but my wife, understandably so, with the three kids, can't handle, or I shouldn't say can't handle, she can handle it because she's the best. But that wouldn't be fair for her to have to handle yeah. the morning routine every day without me, you know? So how do, how do you, how do you, how do you all deal with it? It's been like a really interesting process for us. Obviously we're still figuring it out as well. And my wife are very different. And I, I know we haven't talked to a lot about our uh, significant others, but Amy and I are like polar opposites. Oh, okay. And it's like the classic example of like, you know, opposites attract. I think she's like, 
you know, she's beautiful and I'm ugly and, you know, she's smart and I'm dumb. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm making jokes there. She really is pretty, but I, I, I'm more just saying like, we just have different perspectives on life. Right. And so I, I feel like, you know, I would much rather try to outsource some more of the stuff that we need to do, like get a babysitter, like you, you, you talked about. And so we're starting to get to that point where, you know, she under, you know, she's like open to trying those things. And so we have a lot of these uh, teenage kids here that want to babysit in our, in our neighborhood. And I'm like, let's just hire them. They want to work, you know, and they great with our kids and we could use the time, you know? And so even if it's just to do laundry, like, you know, we could use the time. Right? Especially when you're home. That's right. When you're home, you have a lot of flexibility with, with care. I, I, at least yeah. I feel that way. And so does Angela, because you know, you're there, you're, if God forbid something happens, you could like jump in stuff like that so i always look at like yeah. two types of care there's like care when we're like physically present and then there's care yeah. when we're like gone you know like during the work day and stuff like that yeah no exactly that's a good point and but i'm a little bit different because amy doesn't work right so well angela so doesn't we work have, either so oh yeah, she yeah, doesn't I okay got it I, to, I don't know if i told you she stopped working when the twins came Oh, awesome was that a is that like a joint decision yeah. or is that something that's going to be permanent or semi-permanent or as long as we can make it happen, we're going to try and, you know, see how it works out. But that's a work. That's, that's also like another up in the air thing. So she's been doing some consulting stuff on the side for a couple hours a week. And she's enjoying that. And we're just we're just figuring it out. But really, when the twins came, we knew that I have three kids under two years, you know, her job was extraordinarily demanding and required a lot of hours and you know it was a mathematical so does yours totally right so 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 it was like two of those together would just be really difficult and also stuff that we've talked about you know like where are we going to live right we've been renting for a really long time what are we going to do about the school situation where are they going to go to school what classes and you know we we hadn't done any of that stuff and so we just had a lot of personal things that we wanted to accomplish together. And it would be difficult for us both to do that while working, you know, our, our schedule. So I think we're going to play by ear. I, I, I think the goal is for at least this year, you know, for her not to work full time. But, you know, it's the same thing. We're kind of she's you know, it's the first time for her that she is, you know, full time yeah. mom, full time mom, which I feel like is almost which is harder <laughs> than it's way harder. It's way harder. So, yeah, we're figuring it out. You know, we, it's, it's really an up in the air thing. And we just said, hey, let's 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 give it a shot this full year and see how and, and, let, and let's just kind of like check in and see where we are towards the end of the year. It's really interesting because so many parents go different ways. Right. And I think a lot of the people that I talk to, like, struggle with this aspect of needing two incomes to survive, right. you know, or to like thrive, I should say. And then you know, for your, for you to have the ability to like, be able to make it work with one is, is a big deal, right. you know, especially within our age group, a lot of our peers can't do that right now. And so a lot of parents are like struggling with this idea of doing it, nor do they want to do it. I've actually met quite a few people that don't want to quit their jobs and they want to continue to work. And then they just outsource the, the nanny care during they work while they work. And then they take over at night. Right. So no judgment either ways, but like, it's just really interesting that you chose to go down that road, which is becoming less and less common. It is. It is. And, you know, it's, it's, it's also one of those things, too, where it's really difficult to go from two incomes to one. And yeah, I, think, totally. I think everyone just goes about it differently. I mean, my wife and I prepared for a really long time. And so we, you know, 
financially, we were ready to have children, you know, you know, and I think, you know, the way we think about it is a lot of the, you know, milestones that you want to set, you know what I mean? You know, financially, whether it's for down payment on a house or things like this, we were really fortunate in that regard to, to, to make a lot of those things happen, obviously not all the things that you want. And so, you know, just kind of living off of one salary for the next year or two is, isn't as scary basically. But I mean, long-term it, it would, it would probably be quite difficult, you know? So, so we just have, but as you yeah. know, with work, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen in two years from now with, with our company right. where we're going to be. And, you know, that's, that's the thing that uh, you found in the company before is dealing with the ambiguity. Right. And so that's one of the that's things right. I think from our jobs, you get very comfortable dealing with ambiguity and, and it, I don't lose much sleep over that. Yeah, there's not a problem that you guys haven't been able to overcome over the last five or six years, uh, maybe even longer that you've been in business. And I can't imagine you not being able to overcome the next set of challenges. And the next set of challenges you guys are facing are actually good challenges. They're like growth challenges. So if anything, you're going to end up being, you know, probably on the net positive side of that equation. But it is interesting that you planned out your kids based on like some certain financial milestones. You like basically were very strategic about having kids. Oh, dude, totally. I mean... Yeah, it sounds I mean, a lot like how yeah. you work. Yeah. You work like that too. You're very calculated in how you roll different initiatives out when you yeah. want to spend money on what, when the timing needs to be. Like you're also very calculated at work. So it's kind of interesting to hear how that parallels over. I think also like my wife and I wait as long as possible to like have yeah. children, being that we got married when we were young, younger. Well, mm -hmm. at least for New York standards, you know. What is that in New York standards? I'm from California, now in Texas. I don't know what New York standards are. I got engaged when I was 27. Married me when I was 28, I want to say. Angela's a year older than me. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like most people in New York get married in their 30s and everything like that. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, because I feel like there's a lot of parallels with how you, how you operate, right? Like you, you work the business. Like you definitely don't like to make rational decisions and you, you definitely like marinate on things and make sure you you enjoy the moment you enjoy it for whatever it is totally like a bootstrap yeah bootstrap high growth mentality right yeah even if it's like the it's an uncomfortable situation like i mean even just like for example if you don't mind me putting some of the information on blast a little bit like you're talking about like hey the biggest conundrum right now is recruiting and right. you know like if you can get through these next two months we'll be in a much better position at the other side of the bridge and da 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 but like there's not a part of you that's stressing out about it you're like enjoying the problem that you have to solve for two months you're like yeah i'm gonna marinate the fact that this is a problem and it's not like you're not solving for it but you're not like freaking out about it you're like literally enjoying the journey as you go it's kind of this almost like zen perspective on on <laughs> it's interesting young i don't know what you've seen working with other companies but you know, we've been doing this for eight and a half years. And I feel like you, when you run a company, when you start a startup and you're growing, you have a lot of like near death experiences, right? Or you have, yeah. you have some really, really, really difficult challenges that you feel you can't overcome. But that never really ends. However, when those tough situations arise, when, when it becomes really challenging, I do believe over time, you just become more confident. And being a bit more zen about it. It's like, okay, we're going through this period. Here's what we need to do. Let's just kind of get through it. And, you know, there's not much really to talk, to talk about other than just like executing and getting it done, right? And so, 
Some yeah. stuff that we talked about, we're like half the way there, and we just got to keep grinding it out for the next sixty days. And it's like it's it's the it's like the S curve. I don't know if you ever seen that. It's like you know, then you get all the people. Hopefully, you make the right decisions from a strategy perspective, personnel decision. From that, you go through you know, uh, you know, hyper growth phase, or you grow even quicker than we're growing right now. Then everything breaks again, and then you just kind of you just kind of go through the same stuff yeah. over and over <laughs> and over again, right? You're looking at the macro. You just want to like make sure you're getting to the desired, whether you go this way or that way. As long as you're heading in that direction, you're happy. You just got to like find a way to, to grind through the more challenging times. And when things are going good, you know, do the, do the best you can to enjoy them. Here's a million dollar question. Do you raise your kids like that? There is something that I believe along with my wife, which is, yeah, definitely probably a little bit more on the stronger sense of things. But I do, we do want our children to feel a sense of scarcity and urgency along with, you know, all obviously the, the, the most important things, right? You know, the love, the care, the education, the family, the hard work. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, we're putting all, you know, three girls in one bedroom, you know, and, you know, if one of them's like crying and bothering the other one, you know, we want them to feel that a little bit. And so, we don't have to do that, you know. We we can take the third bedroom and turn into, you know, a, a third bedroom for them. But there's a lot of that 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 we want to, you know, instill upon our children because there's like a whole there's a whole like a little bit larger philosophy that I think about like happiness basically, right? And so, yeah, the way I think about it is is you know the difference between difference between poverty and prosperity is gratitude. And gratitude is the difference between life expectations and reality. And so really putting our children in a position where, you know, they have the ability to proceed and progress, right? And feeling that certain sense of constraint in their childhood, right? And a little bit of an urgency about get, having to get things done really, in our opinion, gives them the ability to then kind of go out there and flourish by by giving them a certain baseline, if you will. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. I love that. I freaking love that so much. That is incredible. You should write a blog about that so I can read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like actually flush out that thought because that's actually really incredible, man. That's really beautiful. And it kind of goes into like this whole concept of like, like you wanting to imprint like the direction, not necessarily like trying to control the micro. Right. You're like, hey, I just want them to head in this general direction. And I'm going to do that by instilling these behaviors and these kind of concepts and values, right? Of like gratitude, of grit, you know, or like having these like sense of urgency. Like it's really, really interesting because, you know, a lot of parents are, you know, very big on nature nurture and like embodying the example that they want to instill versus like teaching them. Like there's just a lot of variables. And there's no right answer. Like so many. And there's no right answer. There's no right answer. And all the kids are different. And every kid's different. All the kids are different That's right. So you have this like philosophy and then it might like completely backfire with one kid. And then you're like, you're really, you know, cornered up against the wall. You're like, okay, change it with one kid. What am I going to do with the other ones? What about, what about you, young? How do you think about it? I, I'm the worst parent in the no. world, so I, you shouldn't ask me. Yeah, wow. no. I love my kids and I'm like the biggest pushover, man. I like, they ask me like three or four times and I just give in. Like I, <laughs> my wife constantly tells me, she's like, I have like four kids. Cause my dog is a kid too. Uh, she's like, I have four kids. Like I need another parent sometimes because you're literally like, 
like, why would that be a good idea? And I'm like, I feel like it's a good idea. And, uh, you know, I, I love donuts for breakfast. Right? <laughs> like, that sounds amazing. Let's do that. Oh. And so I'm a big pushover, man. I, I try to be a parent. I try to be I'm a good disciplinarian. But, dude, I just like they start crying or like they, you know, they ask me a couple more times. Or, like, you know, good, they're like the best salespeople ever. You know, they're just like they just consistently ask, like, can I have a cookie? Can I have a cookie? And I'm like, why can't I have a cookie? What, what What's wrong? I see the cookie right there. Like, yeah. you have a cookie. Can I have it's a cookie? Hard. You can both have it cookies. It requires so much mental yeah. fortitude. Oh, yeah. It, it's so hard. And like, it, it's also like, you know, am I doing it wrong? Am I doing it right? I'm not entirely sure, you know? And like, I think Lily is much more aware of like, you know, common sense and courteousness and all those things. Because, you know, like me and Amy, like equally spend a lot of time on our first one. But our second one, I'm like a complete pushover. <laughs> and and so she's going to be a world class B. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I preemptively apologize to the world because I'm spoiling that one rotten. Like I can't even control it. Like she's she's just has me wrapped around her finger and I try so hard and she knows it. She just knows that she can get away with anything with me. So it's it's really bad. So. I wouldn't take my advice on that. It's great. But I like your idea of like not worrying about the micro because then it gives me hope that I could still be a good parent and focus on the macro. And I've been really thinking about like, you know, like teaching them like overarching things of like controlling, controlling your destiny, like, you know, getting what you want, being aggressive, being confident and those kind of things. And then on the more micro things, I've just been like trying to like inject my personal ambitions towards them because I really want them to be musicians. Really? Um, So I've been into music a lot. I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I would. I would have loved to have been a musician growing up. I just wasn't good enough to do that professionally. And my mom had to have the honest conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You have that good, dude. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Someone has to tell you. And so she told me that, and so I went down business, but. I just had like this desire to like play music with my girls. And it was like, that'd be like a dream of mine, right? I'd be so happy. I'd be like in heaven if my girls like sang songs with me and stuff. And so that's kind of where I want to push them towards. But, you know, obviously you you don't want to like, I've heard it both ways. And so I don't know what your take on this is, but I've heard people say, if you have like music in your life, and that's just the standard. So they'll grow up playing music because that's just what it is. That's how your family operates, right? Or you keep it open-ended and then you just encourage and nurture them exploring. And if they find music, then you then you nurture it, right? It's like, there's like this whole polarity. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but like, you, like by setting the example, incorporating it into the life, it becomes, it becomes what you do. It's just standard versus like, you know, letting them explore it and figure it out for themselves. I, I don't know what your take on that is. Like the certain values you want to have, like with your children, maybe uh, to, to some degree. Or? I think values, I think, are inherently standard because you can't really control that, right? Because you're going to end up like disciplining and encouraging. I guess that's not true because certain kids will react to discipline and encouragement in the opposite way. That's right. That's the reason why there's I'm no, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah, there's no playbook for this. Shit. Yeah, there's no playbook. For no, this. there's not. <laughs> I, I just am like really interested to see because like our kids are still really young as they start to really yeah. become more independent. How do you deal with the different personalities? I think that's going to be yeah. an interesting thing. Like my wife and I talk about there. Like with three kids, one of them might be artistic. One of them might be like you know really good with numbers. Another one might be more into athletics. And how do you like manage yeah. all those different types of things? And as a parent, getting excited about all those different things, right? So if you're like equally yep. excited, like I know the things that excite me, you know. That's right. <laughs> so, That's right. Uh, you yeah, know, like totally excited about the music stuff, right? So 
let's say let's say one of your kids like is all in on on music and you know picks up an instrument and is like fantastic at it and like wants all the lessons and you're like loving it and then like you know one of, one of your other kids is into athletics and maybe that's like not you know not you know not not up your path or something like that and so you're trying to figure out you want to be just as excited about the per you know whichever kid you know is doing athletics just as you would about you know whoever's involved with the music yeah i know it's gonna be hard because my wife's super into sports and i'm not right she wants them to be super athletic so like like she wants them to play sports and like be outdoors and like play with bugs and all sorts of things and i'm like no <laughs> like, yeah. play, play music you know like and i just want them to be in arts and in and, and like music but yeah i mean yeah i gotta get excited about it right? i gotta learn and how to do that i mean because the alternate is that I just say, "Hey, you're your mom's kid, and then I'll you'll be my kid." <laughs> <laughs> right, my favorites, which is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, I I know this has been a really great conversation. I could probably talk to you about this for hours, but I do want to be mindful of your time, and I know you're running a very successful company, and so I just want to make sure that we're wrapping up here with four questions that I like to ask every single guest. So let me go and fire those off for you, so I can get you out of here. Okay? Sure. All right. So what advice do you have for other parents and soon-to-be parents? I'm not a fan of giving advice because I feel like advice comes with so much personal baggage. What I will say is what I've experienced and if anyone's listening, what they can take from it, you know, for themselves. And I think the outside of obviously all the the, the immense amount of joy and, and every that children bring is I was really unprepared personally for the amount of logistics and planning that goes into having kids. And so I never really understood. I'm like, oh, your kid's napping, so I can do whatever I want. And I didn't realize, like, no, you have to clean bottles. You have to make lunch. You have to, like, all that type of stuff. So that's the one. It's, it's a small thing, but just the amount of logistics and being able to handle that. I think it's, like, the third component that isn't spoken about enough where if your work and obviously, you have the relationships with your children when you're with them. And then you just have this like logistical planning component that I really didn't appreciate enough. And I'm fortunate enough to have a better wife than, than me that, you know, really runs point on it. But, you know, as, as we've had obviously three kids now, I'm, I'm involved in, in a ton of it as well. And so that was the one surprise to me. But I mean, you know, it's the best, right? Having, having kids is the absolute best. That was my one, that was yeah. my one surprise. So, if it be things that I would have prepared for in advance was really trying to think about, Hey, how's the best, how do I handle planning the best? What's the best way of going about it? And, and, and everything like that. Awesome. You kind of answered a couple of the next questions, but I'm still going to ask it and you can repeat it if you need be. So if you can go back and tell yourself one thing before having kids, what would it be? I would tell myself to exercise even more than I was doing before. Because it is really hard to get workouts in with the variability of all these schedules, as as I say, right? Like you can't control, you can't, if you want to wake up early in the morning to to go work out and then one of the kids just ended up waking up early, you're you're done. So I I just, you're done. I, I, I wish I would have even gotten in, you know, more workouts and more routines to give me more of a baseline from where I'm at right now. What's your all time favorite business book? I do find traditional business books, to be honest with you, quite, quite boring. So yeah, I'm not really too big on, I like stories more than anything else. Yeah. You're an artist. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
What is the most surprising thing that you learned about yourself after becoming a parent? How much patience that I have. And probably, probably the most difficult, probably something I didn't realize, you know, how much patience I was. I'm, I'm a pretty antsy, high anxious, like high gunning type of personality. I like to like, you know, that like yeah. do work grind. I do. And yeah. You're not patient at all. I'm, I'm, I'm impatient. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, yeah. and how much patience right. I've yeah. gained with having the kids. Just, it's wow. really been forced out of me. And it's been a really, really healthy thing. And it's been really amazing. Because like, you know, you, yeah. you know, you're holding two kids or say you're watching three and, you know, one of them so happy, you know, watching TV or, or playing with a toy, yeah. you're reading the one, another one starts crying. And it's just like, you accept that it's not a hundred percent in your control. And if you try and control everything, you're just going to set yourself up for failure. And I think it just requires a tremendous amount of patience. And it's been really, really, really cool in that regard. I think, and, and I think it's helped me a lot at work as well. Yeah, that's great. I love that's carried over to work too. That's fantastic. Hey, Anthony, I just want to say thank you so much for spending time with me to talk to me about parenting and your kids and family. I had a ton of fun having you on the show and I learned a ton and a lot of nuggets that I'm sure all the listeners were able to pull from as well, especially your thing about prosperity and a gratitude. I think that that was really, really interesting and I can't wait to encourage continue to encourage you to write a blog about it to further elaborate your concept because i think there's a lot to be said about your navigation of parenting and it's very very special so thank you again for taking the time man my first podcast um, i couldn't be happier it's with you young so it's been it's been fun oh. <laughs> it's been fun so i'm interested to see uh, how it all comes out so it's great very good thank you all right. i'll talk to you Bye-bye. soon thanks for tuning in to another episode of the girl dad show we really hope you enjoyed that interview and as always Please take a moment to review, rate, and subscribe. We'll see you next time.